Cole Berry here with my man Brett Strauss coming at you with the KC Kingdom podcast, bringing you all the news and notes around Kansas City sports. Alright, so we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to go around the West, look at our division rivals, which is kind of just a cursory thing because we wrapped up the AFC West for the fourth straight time. We're going to go deep into uh, Chiefs-Patriots. There's a lot surrounding that game, controversy with the refs, uh, just a lot to look at. And then take a look ahead at uh, Chiefs-Broncos. But before we do any of that, uh, we have some local news with Missouri hiring Elijah Drinkowitz, or Drinkwitz, Coach Drink is what they're calling him. Okay. For, uh, you know, the Mizzou football program, finally the new head coach. He went 12-1, and Appalachian State. And one year. One year. year there. One year there. And it's it's one of those moves. It's risky. It's And I don't know what to think about it. I want to start thinking, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic about what it can what it can bring. Uh, looking at him, he, you know, 12-1, and one, the success, the highest uh, a Sunbelt team's ever been rated at the end, uh, ranked at the end of the year. They're number 20. Got a good bowl game. I mean – this guy has a lot of energy. He's young, a little unproven, and so there's just some certain risk factor there. But as far as candidates Mizzou was going to get, especially with the sanctions coming in, I think they could have done a lot worse. Yeah, I mean, for, for Mizzou, you got to look at it like this is not only a rebuild. This is like a start over from scratch. Yes. It seems like, and that is not entirely the case because we're a name that some people recognize, you know, but these sanctions – you know, the end of Barry Odom, it seems like we had our moment back with Drew Locke. Yes. You know, and we, we thought maybe with another year with Kelly Bryant, we might stay relevant. It didn't happen. Now we're back to, you know, we don't have that guy. Even when Matty Mock came through, we knew we had Drew Locke waiting. Yes. And so we're like, oh, you know, next year we'll be, you know, I don't think anyone's saying – Next year, the Tigers are going to really kill it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, just looking at it, when we moved to the SEC East, Gary Pinkle kind of shocked everyone, two back-to-back East championships. And then when Pinkle had to step down and all that started swirling, the university really wanted to stay relevant. They thought we had a lot of momentum. And so the Barry Odom hire kind of makes sense. You know, local kid, Mizzou product, players loved him, uh, had some success as a defensive coordinator. And then that just that's kind of derailed. And even going into this year, there's a lot of hype surrounding the program. There, everyone thought, you know, with the easy schedule and every, all of those elements, Kelly Bryant coming in, we were going to be competitive. And there was a time when this team was ranked, and then the wheels kind of fell off. And as far as college goes, there's you know, quote unquote, rebuild. It's not like the NFL where you can tank for draft picks like that. The rebuild in college is kind of just a a clean slate as far as you know the next and few it's years. A hard slate. It's, it, a, it's hard, hard to get back, especially with recruiting sanctions. Um, recruiting is huge, and that's one thing I do like about the coach drink hire. He has said he's going to make it a point of emphasis just to try to get the t- top Missouri talent to come in state recruiting, and he's really yeah. going to hit that trail hard. So we'll see how that goes. Um, this is kind of really a hire where you, you can't really speculate much because of the the limited sample size. You really just kind of have to wait and see. Hopefully, it's a long term hire. Hopefully, we're not doing this in the next couple of years because the results are so terrible. Um, Mizzou in the immediate future looks to be probably not a very competitive team next year. Yeah. As far as relevancy goes, we'll still probably have an easy schedule, but six wins, maybe again, something like that. But hopefully we can just set some building blocks for the future going forward. Yeah. I mean, that's really all we have to say about it. That's all you can really say. Yeah. You know, uh, 
So before we jury's get- out, but I think I think we trust you know the the people that make that decision. Yes, and and it was a little kind of worrisome when Blake Anderson's name was getting thrown around, and then I was kind of worried they were going to go after like a quote unquote big fish. But a washed up big fish is usually, like an Urban Meyer, yeah, something like that. And Urban maybe would have been a great hire for the the program, but you know, wasting resources going after a guy that probably won't ever come is just going to set you behind on getting a quality candidate. So I think that I mean I'm pretty content with the move. We're in wait and see mode though. Yep. Um, going forward, we're going to talk about um, we got Chiefs Patriots hitting it hard. But before we do that, uh, we'll get into around the West. Check out the division rivals. News and notes from around the West. Yeah! All right, the West had a, a wacky week out there. Uh, there was some a successful week. A successful minus the Raiders, which is a successful week. Which is a successful <laughs> yeah, week. That's the one loss we can take. Um, let's get into first. We'll get into the Raiders because there's not much more to say. A lot of hype surrounding them a couple weeks ago when going into Kansas City was for the division lead. They were rolling. Obviously, since then they have. I mean, they lost to the Jets. Lost to the Chiefs, lost to the Titans, and they have been just bleeding points. Yeah, the, past weeks. I mean, we just talked about Mizzou, kind of the wheels coming off the Raiders, and and this game, it almost seemed like it was kind of a microcosm of their season. Yes. So they started, they were competitive in this game. You know, it, I, at one point, it seemed like they were tied, or the or the Raiders oh, yeah. were were right there. Yeah. And then, I mean, it it was like seemed like a minute, and they're down. Th- three scores, yes, you know, because it was like Tennessee was up seven, then they go up 14, then I get up, it was a fumble, yes. scoop and score, now they're up 21, and the game's over. And that's just, like you said, those three scores could just, you know, kind of uh, symbolize the three losses the Raiders took in a yeah, row. Yeah, exactly. You know, even neck and neck, and then bam, 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 and you're out of it. And then boom, and they're that, done. that's what their season's been. We're not going to spend too much time on the Raiders going forward, unless it's to make fun of them for a loss like this. Can you uh, can you ask me what my concern level is for them? What is your concern rate you know, level for the Raiders know, catching man, the uh, it's, it's a little higher than it. No, yeah, no it's zero. No. Because we won the because West. It's, so, it's over. You know, the race is done. Uh, the, the way it goes, though, is, man, that Tennessee loss is looking a little better every week for the Chiefs, though. Yeah, it, it's almost like we gave them their successful season. You know, we, like, yeah. gave them that little spark they needed. It's like the underdog story where they're fighting the Giant, and then they make them bleed, like yeah. Iron Man making Thanos bleed. At least if the Titans win the Super Bowl, we'll be in the Super Bowl DVD. Yes, because we will. we'll be right at the beginning. And we'll be the turning point. The turning point. The turning point. point. <laughs> yeah. But the Chiefs are making it in that DVD. Man, the, the Tana Thrill rides with the calling because that guy is balling right now. Yeah, I, I don't my brain doesn't know what to think. Um, I, I don't know I don't understand. Obviously this is a quick aside, but I was doing I was just looking into Tannehill earlier and I've been kind of a supporter of his because he was just in a bad situation in Miami. It may surprise some people. Ryan Tannehill has a career uh, winning record. He had a two-season stretch where he threw for 8,000 yards, like 60 touchdowns and only 20 picks. And he had the, in, in that two-stretch, he had a 92 passer rating, like a 65 completion percentage. So he's had stretches where he's been a not just average but a good quarterback, and now he's doing it again. And so when you can replicate that in your career a lot, it's not the Blake Bortles effect where you had that one high year. He's done it three to four times now. So Tannehill may have found a spot in Tennessee, and Tennessee could be a factor in the playoffs if we have to see him. Yeah, I mean that- – they play tough. They play tough. They play us tough is the scary part. Well, they definitely play us yeah, tough. Yeah, that's uh, – I don't want them to be a factor playing us. I hope they see someone before us and they just lose and we don't have to worry about it. 
Uh, going forward, uh, another AFC West team. What's your concern level about the Chargers right now? Zero. Uh, yeah, still zero. <laughs> yeah, it's just. I, I, the Jaguars are bad. Oh, they are. Bad, bad. They have, with the Dolphins winning that those couple games and, and you know, the shock win on the Eagles, it, this seems to happen every year. Is that there is a team that everyone's talking, oh, are they going to go 0-16? This team is the worst I've seen. And then they win a few games, and the narrative flips. And right now, I don't think there's a more uncompetitive team than the Jaguars. I don't think so either. I mean, even the Bengals have been competitive. Yeah, since they put Andy Dalton in, they got their first win. They're they're in games now, I mean, to a degree. And if they played the Jags today, I wouldn't want to bet that game. Because they are in a mess, though the Jaguars are. As another little quick tangent, yeah, you know they thought bringing in Nick Foles was going to be. We were close with Bortles. If we would have had a more stable quarterback, Nick Foles like quarterback, you know, and they bring Foles in, obviously gets injured week one when the Chiefs play them. Yeah, and then now they're kind of like, well, maybe the season's not going to go so great. And then Gardner Minshew comes in, has a great couple game stretch, and now it's just. He's kind of like, uh, he's maybe not the answer, but we're going to get Nick Foles back, and then Nick Foles comes and somehow looks worse. Worse, and yes. Yeah, so. And now Garden, Gardner Minshew's back in, and he's still not it. And so, you know. And the Chargers took full advantage of that, to their credit. I mean, it's too little too late. They're not they're out of the playoffs. But this is the Charger team most people were expecting to see, you know. Yeah. Uh, just And they are more healthy now. Hunter Henry, Derwin James, Melvin Gordon, they're all there. And so Chargers fans can maybe take solace in knowing that they could have been this all year with those guys. They're, uh, they're my early season pick to win the AFC West next, next year. Next year when, when we start. Well, if you look top to bottom on talent, the Chargers the might Chargers be the most talented are team. are going to win the AFC West. Go no. ahead and lock it in. Lock it in. You'll be the first one. You'll be early on it this time. I'll be, so yeah. When it happens. I'll be looking like a genius next year come <laughs> September when everyone's talking about the Chargers to win the AFC West. Did you see the uh, Philip Rivers trash talk video? To, I think Yannick Ngakwe yes, was it. Yes, I loved it. He's just in his voice was crackling. I love that he helped Philip Rivers up. And then Philip Rivers just yells in his ear. <laughs> 94 yard touchdown. His voice was cracking. Yeah. And like, and then Yannick's like, oh, you ain't going to do that next to me. The ref separates Yeah, he's, he's like, I'm just excited. I, I don't even know. Yeah, and then he's like, I'm going to do that. 94 yard touchdown. And he's just, That's what I do. He's just going crazy. And I saw Tyron Matthew retweet it. And, and Tyron was like, man, Philip might be the funniest guy in the league. Philip might be another one of those guys that as soon as he retires, I appreciate a little more. It's like, well, yeah, the problem is we can't appreciate him and we can't appreciate Tom Brady, who I want to like as a person. We'll get there later. We'll get there later. But but same kind of deal. There's a couple quarterbacks like that. Uh, mine were, was Peyton Manning. I could not stand Peyton Manning when he was in the league. See, I, I, I loved him when he was on the Colts. OK, well, yeah. And then when he comes to the Broncos, I was like, all right, I hate this guy. But now. even still, the Colts beat us a couple times with Peyton Bad, Manning yeah. early in the playoffs. And like I always made fun of him for all of his 30 second audible checks. And yeah. I was like, he's on his arms, forehead. His, yeah. Just every, everything <laughs> about Peyton Manning. As soon as he retires, his commercials are funnier to me. He's a better guy. Romo is a same way i always called him overrated when he was those in the brad and, him and brad paisley are so funny oh and those <laughs> when he's nationwide like yeah stuff. he's like looking down at the stadium he's like these are the Peytons, and brad's like who are they playing oh the brads they're the, the worst team in the league yeah it's just subtle <laughs> humor like that i think philip maybe i it's gonna be a little tougher for me because i've spent my entire like chiefs fandom hating philip rivers like I've never yeah, liked the I guy. Yeah, I hate Philip Rivers. Too. It is whining. Is well, we always we love to see him cry. Love it. Cry me a Rivers. I mean, that's yeah. uh, every year. There's a fantasy team named Cry Me a Rivers that a Chiefs fan has. 
But maybe when he retires, if he hops in the booth, starts trash talking a little bit, I could probably get behind I, that. I could definitely get just behind like, that. Imagine this. Jim Nance, Tony Romo, but the field reporters, Philip Rivers, just and, trash talking. And his talking. nine kids. And his nine kids just trash talking everyone. They just have the inside scoop always because there's always a kid just listening. <laughs> oh, just the little, just every, uh, like, maybe Belichick could hire we got, that. We got little Jimmy in the medical tent. Maybe Belichick could get a hold of those kids and send them out and, you know, use them there as we go. some film little crew. Spies. Put little GoPros on little them. Sparrows. Little sparrows. Little sparrows. My little birds have told me. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so let's get off of the Chargers. They're, the, them and the Raiders are relevant. The only reason the Broncos are relevant this week is because we're obviously playing them. But they looked good this week and yeah they did look good and it wasn't against some scrub I mean the Texans are kind of a Jekyll and Hyde weird team but they were just fresh off a win against the Patriots and then the Broncos just abused them yeah it wasn't competitive it wasn't and, at the and end, it wasn't competitive leaving the first quarter oh yeah it was apparent I mean the Broncos started off like this against Minnesota a couple weeks ago and Drew Locke wasn't in yet, but they hopped on like an early 20 nothing lead. The Minnesota managed to climb all the way back, and it, the, op, the epic comeback in the fourth, and the Broncos imploded. But this is the second time Denver has hopped on a team, just put up points early, and said, you know, imposed their will, basically. The difference is in that Minnesota game, Brandon Allen couldn't do anything in the second half, whereas Drew Locke came out, and he gave them, I mean, he didn't put up as many points in the second half, but he was moving the chains. He was, you know, on the field offensively they weren't a super liability he gave them a chance to make plays yeah I I'm afraid what we were just talking about I'm afraid Drew Locke's gonna be that guy that I really want to like but I can't because he might actually be really good in the league yeah. we'll see it's a little premature but I mean we've talked about the Broncos all year about how they've been a penalty here a play there from being a good team a good like team. you know they they could easily be competing or, or at least close with the Chiefs right now, at least yes, putting some pressure on because us. Because we only have nine wins. I mean, a couple breaks go their way. The Broncos are a seven-win team yeah. coming into Arrowhead. One of the few games they really weren't competitive in was against the Chiefs. Yes, and uh, that, I mean, that was a great game to watch because Mahomes goes out as a rallying cry. Defense stepped up, and that was kind of our defense's turning point. As That's going to be the start of our, our DVD. Our Super Bowl DVD is <laughs> just Joe Flacco standing in the pocket. And Patrick like, Mahomes getting his kneecap put back into place. The Chiefs thought they were done. Click <laughs> <Like> defensive <laughs> montage. Oh, man, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But uh, we're going to get into more Broncos Chiefs later. But for now, just focus on what the Broncos did this week. Locke was very comfortable on the field. He was, I mean, a couple of his throws were dimes. And something that's really unlocked with, with Drew, I get it unlocked, Noah, uh, Noah Fant is looking like the first-round pick that they really wanted him to be now that Locke is getting him the ball. And that's yeah, it's the, a l nice little rookie repartee there, really you know, getting after it together. So we'll, we'll look forward to that, and uh, we'll see kind of just how that's going to play out, especially against the Chiefs this week. We'll talk about Noah Fant a little more later. But uh, as far as, like, wrap up with the Texans kind of they are do they scare you at all because they're, the Texans they're, yeah no they scare me because they don't scare me if that makes sense because I see them drop games like this and I'm like there's no way that we lose to the Texans in the playoffs but then they obviously they beat us and then they have those games where they beat the Patriots by double digits so they're oh they're I a weird team yeah they're a weird team they're not a good playoff team. They're not. And At least that's good news. Yeah, well, we'll see with Deshaun in there. Maybe he recaptures some of that college magic. But just, you know, quick little side, just the Texans, man, I don't know what's up with yeah. them. It's just, it's weird. 
watching them get destroyed and then destroy. It's it's yeah, very weak weird. Account. All right, so that, that's pretty much what we got for around the West. Uh, I think we're going to dive right into this this Patriots Chiefs because there's so much to talk about in this game, just from performance. Uh, the controversy surrounding it, the pregame luggage disaster. I mean, this game had everything for a 3 o'clock NBC game. Yeah. It had Tony Romo and Jim Nance, too. Oh, man. and oh, I love when Tony calls a Me Chiefs too. game. He's, I love it. He's very, he's very pro Patrick Mahomes, but yeah. he's also very, like, when in the second half, I was sitting there, and then it was the block punt, and then they got that quick touchdown on the end around, and then the next drive they hit that play in the middle. Tony Romo was like, "Oh, they got the Chiefs figured yeah, out. They got them. They now. got him. He got, they Look got, out, Chiefs out. fans!" And they went on a run. They scored a you know, bam, 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 scored points in that half and got to the goal line a couple times. And what I love about Romo is that he doesn't just say something. He will go. He'll explain it how you can you know understand it better if you're not as you know, high up football IQ as a guy like Tony Romo. Yeah. He was like, when he said, oh, they got him figured out, he didn't just leave it at that. He pulled the graphic up. He was like, they had Edelman in the slot, which opened this up, and the Chiefs took advantage. Now they're placing Edelman, and he gets so excited when yeah. he's explaining oh, yeah. it. It's just it's a joy to watch. But let's start pregame. Did you get the notification on your phone? Do you have push notifications? Yeah. yeah. It was like Chiefs luggage stuck in New Jersey. Yeah. No, I got it. And the initial report, didn't seem like it was that big a deal. Like, oh, the luggage is getting sent, you know, got yeah. sent to the wrong place. They'll get it. Well, then, you know, what was it, like 20, 30 minutes later, then was it Arrowhead Pride or one of them came out and was like, they could actually have to forfeit this game yeah, if it, the luggage doesn't get there. It was Arrowhead Pride, but it was first reported by Schefter. Schefter sent a tweet out. He's like, hey, poor league rule if the Chiefs luggage isn't there. They have to forfeit. And then, like, Arrowhead Pride retweeted it. Okay. Attic. They yeah, all so just I guess jumped I on it, it immediately. Yeah. And uh, when I saw the Shefty bomb, I was like, oh, crap. And I was looking, and I was doing the math in my head, and I was like, they're going to have no time to warm up. This is before I realized time zones existed because it said Chiefs luggage expected to get there at 3 to 3.30. I'm like, kickoff is at 3.25. Are we really going to have to forfeit this game? Then I realized, you know, East Coast, 3.30 Eastern, plenty of time. It ended up being almost a non-issue. Obviously, we won, yeah. so it was kind of a non-issue. Yeah. But it just <laughs> the what was interesting is Chiefs Twitter, Chiefs Twitter account, did not even acknowledge it. Oh, no. So I was like, it must not that it must not be that big of a deal. Until I saw the video of them sprinting in with the luggage. Yeah, then that I, was funny. Then I knew it maybe it was. There was like 18 guys just sprinting, and then one guy just like slowly walking with like three bags. He didn't even give a care in the world. But that must have been, you know, someone's – that must have been Andy Reid's Immediately, luggage. though, everyone thinks, oh, Bill Belichick. Oh. I Up to his tomfoolery again. I saw the whispers immediately, like, oh, it was Bill. It was Bill. And then we'll get into a little bit of Bill Belichick tomfoolery in a minute. Yep. But this seemed like an uh, honest Well, it mistake. was a Chiefs mistake is well, what it was. And they said it wasn't even so much a Chiefs mistake. Uh, what, it, what finally came out was there was a ton of state championship football games in Gillette on Saturday. And so the Chiefs equipment guys usually do all their checks on Saturday night. And they, uh, someone said, per source, this kind of thing happens more than people realize that stuff gets left. But they sort it out on Saturday night, and they get it taken care of then. But because of the state championship games and all the uh, flow into Gillette, the equipment guys weren't able to do their checks until Sunday morning. And then that's when they realized the mistake. So they were like 12 hours behind on what they usually would have been on the mistake. So that's why it turned into a bigger deal. So maybe Belichick did, you know. Hey, maybe we get the state champ games in here on, on Chiefs <laughs> Week, see if we can get some some mojo going. 
from a game standpoint, though, it was nice to see the Chiefs fire early on because they've notoriously struggled early against the well, Patriots. Well, and it was almost like we saw that movie again because they started. I don't think they could have started any worse. Oh. We come out. We give up the touchdown early after two bad PIs. And then a trick play. And then a trick play. And then Patrick Mahomes on his, what, second attempt? The interception. Throws an interception. And I'm like, oh, boy. Here we Here go. Here we go. Yeah, he's gonna start Here we slow. go again. But then we started kind of, you know, just we flipped that narrative. Just bang, bang, bang. We Chiefs scored. D came up big. Oh. And that, that first, or the, the right after the pick. They got that stop. Yes. Then we blocked that field goal. I was like, okay. That's two in a row for Tom. Here we go. And yeah. Then, that was big. So I was watching it. And then, I mean, we ended up putting 20 points in the first half. And in my head, I was like, oh, you know, Patrick so far playing the, the Patriots has been just stymied in the first half. And so now he puts up 20. His second half against the Patriots is always stellar. I'm thinking, you know, blowout cooking. You know, yeah. Brady didn't look good. Our defense is playing great. Maybe we only put up, you know, two more touchdowns in the second half. But 34 on the Patriots, that'd be awesome. And then, you know, the wonky play started happening again. The ones that have just plagued this team all year. The block punt, which Andy Reid says now was a fake punt call and it got mixed up. The Travis Kelsey fumble after he got a first down loops back around and then fumbles. Yeah. That was just I mean it was trying too much. Try and it just in my head I'm like here we go again. You yeah. know these plays have plagued us all season. Because it's like it seems like it's so interesting when we play the Patriots. It seems like they just have something mentally on us where yes. we just break down, you know, and it's like I haven't seen this all year. I haven't seen this all year, you know, like what is going on? Like you know, we're huge Chiefs fans. We watch every game. We watch, Everything. you know, preseason. Every, you know, we know this team. We know what they look like. We know, you know, when they come out that first drive, we're like, all right, do we have it today? Mm-hmm. And it seems like every time we play the Patriots, weird stuff happens. It's like, this is not the Chiefs team yeah, I know. How do we get over what, this What stuff is going on? And they block the punt. I'm like, that doesn't happen against anybody else. I guarantee that. Yeah, it's just the Patriots. It's just, and they're, It's like the big brother complex, you know? That we just, yeah. It's, We're bigger now. We're stronger now, but. In your just, head, uh, your brother yeah. was always above you, and you worshipped him. And so that's who you wanted to be. Now, even though you're bigger and stronger, you just, you can't hit your brother back sometimes. And um, a lot of people were talking, oh, this is just a regular season game. This is just a regular season game. I, I May, yeah, but one, it does matter in the standings because if the Patriots lose to the Bills, the Chiefs have a clear path to the two seed. And the Patriots haven't beat a good team in a while. You were talking about it last week. You know, the Texans are 2-1 and one against the Chiefs and the Ravens and the Patriots. The Ravens are 2-1 and one against the, the Texans, the Chiefs, Chiefs, and, and Patriots. Patriots. The Chiefs are 2-1 and one against the Ravens, the Texans, and the Patriots. The Patriots are 0-3 against all the other division leaders. So them losing to Buffalo isn't like out of the world unquestionable, especially with the way that their offensive line is playing. So this game did mean a lot from a standings perspective and then just from a mental hurdle. Yeah. I mean, that's a very real thing. Well, I don't know. We'll kind of fast forward a little bit. I don't want to skip over some stuff because there's still some stuff to talk about. But right there at the end, after the scramble, Tom Brady hops up, you know, big celebration. Uh, Bill Belichick on the sideline. He, you know, they wanted to win. They this wanted game that game bad. Like they you could, wanted like, it. We want. We wanted it. They wanted it. It felt like a yes. And that's a. I mean, and I was even saying before the game, you know, kind of around to my friends and whatever. It's like 
it is kind of nice that this game really doesn't have huge implications for us. Like, if we lose, whatever, we'll still end up with a three or four seed. Yes. But it's just, it's one of those games you just want to win so bad. Uh, a lot of T- Chiefs fans were talking before the game about how it didn't matter. You know, it's just a regular season game, blah, 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 blah. After we won, though, there wasn't a Chiefs fan who just didn't have a little extra smirk on. You know, we were just a little happier than any normal win. And it's just, these guys are the gold standard against um, the AFC in general and then the NFL. And beating them in Foxborough, no matter when you do it, is an accomplishment. If you beat the Patriots in week one in Foxborough, that's an accomplishment. Well, what did I, they were 42-0? and 0? When they, it was like I think it was forty two and zero at Foxborough when Brady and Edelman played, yeah. or something. Forty two and they 0. were undefeated against uh, quarterbacks under twenty five. They had never lost in Foxborough with that color combination of uniform. There was just like streaks on streaks on streaks because they win so much. Twenty one straight games. Yes, the, in Foxborough. The last time they lost one was to the Chiefs. Yeah, uh, week one. Week one, and so it's just they win so much there that when you beat them. That's a, an accomplishment itself. And then it's uh, if you have to go there in the playoffs, you have that sense of, well, we've done it. That's And it, it's almost similar in my mind like to Baltimore. We've beat Baltimore. You know, yes. They're playing so well right now. I still think we beat Baltimore. I still think we beat uh, – Because I think we just have that little extra mental edge. Like, you played us twice. You've lost to us twice. And that's another point as far as his experience goes because Patrick Mahomes has been to an AFC championship game now. Lamar Jackson hasn't. He's He had that one little taste of playoff last year. And they got schwacked. And they got schwacked. So this might be their next step where they you know win the divisional round, go to the AFC championship game. But this Chiefs roster has a lot of guys who have been there. And a lot of the veterans the Chiefs brought in, like Tyron Matthew, Frank Clark, they've been in big moments before. Mm-hmm. So the the experience of just adding to that, oh, we've beaten Belichick right now, that's in Foxborough, and we beat Tom Brady, great. From a non-narrative standpoint, just purely football, I liked what I saw a lot from the offense early, and I love the defense. I mean – Well, we, what's not to love about the defense? We were, I mean, they're flying around the field. Finally, Yes. you know, it's like when we got all these – I mean, it was a complete – eight new starters on defense. Mm-hmm. New, you know, new coach, everything. And then we're, like, coming out, you know, this is the same defense. How is this the same defense? Yes, like people talking about how the defense was going to be terrible. Yeah. Because they were bad last year, like talking heads in the yeah. media. And then we're like, well, you don't know that. They might be. Well, and then they come out in those first couple weeks. Yeah, they, it did seem like it was a defense from last year. And now all of a sudden we're like we, – we kind of talked about this just the other day. We're like – we kept saying, well, I don't think this defense is bad. Yes. Now I think we're in the – this defense is good. This, we're not just saying we're not bad. We're actually good. Yeah, going into the season, uh, the, you've heard this on here. You've heard this in everything. If the Chiefs just have an average defense, they could win the Super Bowl. They should win the Super Bowl. This defense is playing above average, and they have enough signature performances now to not be a fluke. It's a trend, and now it's against some good teams. Um, it's not just against the Broncos that thirty or the Raiders. Now you got a signature defense against the Patriots, a performance, and then you got one against the Chargers who just dropped thirty on on the Jaguars. A good one against Minnesota. Yes, it's just it, they're starting to stack up, and we mentioned it early on in the season. When you do have that many new players coming in, it's going to take a while to gel. Yeah, communication, injuries have played a part in it. We've missed Frank Clark, Chris Jones, Kendall Fuller, Alex Okafor at different times. They're all back now. And now that they're healthy and they're gelling, 
there's a lot about this defense that's not flukish. Like that Brashad Breeland pick. Tom Brady is one of the smartest quarterbacks ever. His mind is just, he sees everything. Breeland wasn't, that wasn't his guy on the interception. He played off a route. Uh, his, the way his coverage was worked out, he had the, uh, the, a guy initially, and then if he goes one way, he passes him off to Raglan, and he drops back and takes the go. And Tom Brady didn't recognize that, and we disguised it, and we got in his head, and Brashad Breeland took advantage of it, picked off a nice pass. And that's just little stuff you didn't see happening last year. Yeah. I mean, and Frank Clark with his flu game, the flu, flu game, Frank, baby. It was, I mean, he played awesome, and he lost 12 pounds this week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, another, he was in the hospital. And he just, he. another thing, we can talk about Frank Clark. Do, do, he doesn't play just pass rush scenarios or situations. He's a complete player. And his run defense this week was better than any I've ever seen D4 do in my life. Frank Clark on the edge, r- playing the run. D4 just can't do that based on his skill set. Yeah, I agree. And that's just another element of the defense. D Ford's hurt right now, by the way. That doesn't surprise me. Out for a couple more weeks. He's been battling an injury all season. And so early in the season, when D Ford was lighting it up opposite Nick Bosa and, and on that Niners defense, Frank Clark started slow. You heard the narratives, you know. Oh, they gave up D they gave up D Ford for this guy. And then now it's starting to flip a little bit. D Ford's injured. Frank Clark is just playing just awesome, mean football. He's got a little bit of swagger. He's not lining up offsides against the Patriots. That's a big one. So I'm, I'm really excited about this defense <laughs> yeah, going that's forward. A big one. Offensively, we looked a little – we looked good in the first half. It, it seemed like we were just moving the ball at will Yes, in the first half. Um, the classic Patriots adjustments were made. Yeah. And I think Patrick Mahomes' hand had a lot to do with some of – our issues. Yeah, his hand I th- might have hindered the deep ball a little bit. But at some point, I think it's time as Chiefs fans to just recognize and understand that this offense is not last year's offense. Last year was one of the most historical offenses we've ever seen. Came in with high hopes. Patrick Mahomes had one of the best quarterback performances of all time throughout a full season. And you just expect in the NFL for you know same players step on the field do the same thing and it's just not it's not clicking right now we're not a 26 a game guaranteed offense anymore we're still number one it's still really good it's still number one still really good that's the kind of point i'm making so we were expecting perfection now we're just getting really good offense and you know everyone's like oh what's wrong with the chiefs what what's happening is Mahomes okay and to that credit he has had three almost subpar games in a row now but it's, I mean, he threw for two eighty. Two eighty, and but it's just when you're watching, there's just there's, there's something. There's something missing a little bit. Yeah, it's those explosive plays, but multiple in a game, like the McCole Hardman touchdown. Great play. We were used to seeing that bombardment just on a weekly basis, just pow, pow. It just well, we used deep. to not punt. Yeah, we used to not be punting. We weren't punting. Colquitt was having a great year because he only had to do it once a game. Maybe. Now, maybe. Now we're a little down in the scoring, but we're still really good on offense. And yeah, and I think, you know, it's like kind of the Patriots' defense. They can't rely – you know, they were winning games early with two defensive touchdowns a game. Yes. You know, that. I mean, you can't build a team around that. You know, you can't build a team around, we're just going to score 50 every game and try to beat us. Yes. We- well – what happens if we don't score 50? You we, know, we like lose. we lose. We were talking about mental hurdles earlier. 
the mental hurdle for the hurdle for the Chiefs defense right now was well not right now but early in the season can they get a big stop in a big moment now they've done it a few times they've stopped the Vikings when it mattered most they shut down the the Chargers when it mattered most now you have the greatest quarterback of all time a fourth and three going into the end zone from within the 10-yard line for the game and they get a stop yeah the mental hurdle is now gone for that defense. They know they can win us a game. Yeah. And so when it matters, that confidence is going to mm-hmm. be there in Arrowhead. Which is so funny you mentioned that because I just watched today on uh, – what's the one with Stephen A. Smith? First take? First take, yeah. Or first things first. One of them. One of them, yeah. And he's like, I just don't trust this Chiefs defense when it comes to making the big stop. I just they don't – they cannot make the big stop. And I'm like – Stephen A., you just don't watch football then. Yeah. It, like it, I, I, And I know he doesn't watch football. Yeah. Because he's made these kind of blunders before. And to Stephen A.'s credit, to be knowledgeable, like really knowledgeable about all the teams and all the sports is impossible. Yes, but it is. But making claims like that when he's obviously – he hasn't been watching football because the Chiefs have been making big stops. We a, made a big stop against the Vikings. We made the big stop against the Patriots. And then we made every stop against I mean, the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, and we're coming off of the big stop against the Patriots. And, multiple and then big he says, stops. I don't think they can make the big stop. They just can't. I'm like, we just did, like, 24 hours 24 ago. 24 hours ago. It was a huge stop. We've had two wins in the last three weeks where it ended on a defensive play. You know, last year the Chiefs, the defense couldn't make a stop in the AFC Championship game to save their life when it mattered. And so we've done it twice now, and I'm starting to – I don't want to get my hopes up and get crushed, but I'm starting to kind of trust this defense a little bit more each week yeah. to at least get enough stops, not all the stops. They're not going to be the 2,000 Ravens or the 85 Bears, but they're going to be a modern defense that can get sacks, they can generate turnovers, and every now and then they can just show up and do enough. Um, one last thing about the defense, just off the top of my head, what I really liked – we treated this game like the Denver Bronco game against Flacco. Yeah. We said, Tom, you, it's not that you don't got it, but your receivers don't got it. We're going to send seven. Well, the truth is Tom don't got it. Yeah, and, and Yeah. I mean, and Tom's getting frustrated because he knows what he needs to do and he just can't do it anymore. Because we're sending seven at his offensive line that was just giving up every pressure on every play, it seemed yeah. like. It was just – Terrible. The Chiefs were in the back. They made a well. There was in the that. Backfield. There was that third and twelve. That you know he snaps it. He rolls out right and throws it into the dirt. Into the dirt. And you he, know it's like I don't think we see that from Tom even last year. Yes. Where he finds Gronk on or, or Edelman on some sort of slant route. Yeah. And it's a first down. You know we're like why did we blitz? That was so dumb. This year it's like. Let's blitz him. Let's blitz him. And and we got right in his face and threw it right into the dirt. The only receiver that burned us was Edelman. I mean, he had like, what, 95 yards and a touchdown. Well, one of them came on the – the touchdown came on the trick play. And then there was just a couple times we zero blitz. Tom's like, all right, Edelman, bam, eight yards. But we're making stops in front of – like we're keeping them in front of us now to where there's not a ton of yak after these. So what used to be against this defense, one missed tackle, 40 yards, we're making the tackle now. It's only eight yards, and then we do it again. We just be like, all right, second and two. We're going to we're gonna stop this run play, and on third and four, we're going to send everybody yeah. again. And There was a point where you could tell, like, Bill Belichick's like, ooh, we can exploit them with the stretch, yeah, with the stretch run. You know, that and jet they, sweep. And, yeah, and they, yeah, well, and they just, just getting us out wide. Yes. And it worked, 
it worked, and then they tried it like two or three more times, and we're like, no. Nah, nope, not anymore. We nah. found what you liked, and, and we took it away. <laughs> just Man, it's so funny kind of how the universe works sometimes, because last time we just destroyed the Patriots' arrowhead. It was the on-to-Cincinnati game. I, it's just always funny to look at these ironic things, like now they're playing Cincinnati next week. Yeah, everyone was talking about Every, everyone's talking about how the Patriots, they dropped the bad one to the Texans. Yeah. And, well, it's just like on the Cincinnati, you know, they'll they'll get it together against the Chiefs. And they didn't. And now it's a for real on to Cincinnati. Like, Well, they were on to Cincinnati before they were on to the Chiefs, apparently, if you if you keep up with the news at all, with the videotape scandal coming out right now. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Bill, what are you doing, man? Uh, well, he knows what he's doing. Oh, well, and he denied everything and, you know, I didn't have anything to do with it. That was just our production crew, so it didn't even come through me. But, man, when you've been had your hand caught in the cookie jar a couple times, when you go reach for it, Grandma knows, and she knows what you're up to when you're in the kitchen for a couple extra minutes. She's not going to let you get away with it anymore, and I think the NFL is going to really take this seriously. We'll see. Uh, they have the videotape. Yeah. I mean, that's just concrete evidence that they have. So if the Patriots – They were looking at to see if it had angles that yes. are not – provided like art exclusive yeah. to being where they were at yeah yeah and they said there was eight minutes eight full minutes of film watching the Bengals sideline and that that was a mistake and the Patriots like well we, that shouldn't have happened that's not what we were there for and they released a statement saying we'll take full responsibility every all that kind of stuff but eight minutes of, of pure just watching a sideline that's not you're not there for a documentary there's nothing you're not scouting because there was the the angle they said it was like a scouting uh, the do your job series and they were watching a, a scout and how he works they don't need that footage for anything in in that documentary they don't need they have no reason to film the Bengals sideline so if there's enough there I don't the NFL's not going to go easy on them they don't want to I mean they don't want to set this precedent that they're letting the Patriots get away with stuff again and if they end up being guilty the repeat offender what am I looking for here? Sanctions, via yeah, whatever, yeah. are going to be higher and penalties. Penalties, yeah, they're they're going to be higher, and, and it'll just be interesting to keep up with over the next couple of weeks. But hey, big win against the Patriots. I'm I'm super Huge stoked about win. it. Now we got the Broncos coming up, and yeah. that is going to be a big trap game potential. Is is what I'm yeah. going to put it. I mean, it's at Arrowhead. They're playing hot though. We're fresh off a big win. I'm I'm going to be a little worried about it, and we're going to get into that. But first, we got a little preview for you. Joe's a perfect fit for us and the fact that, uh, you know, he's a winner. He's played in a lot of big games. He has a lot of good football left in him at 34 years old. feel like he's just uh, really coming into his prime. So we're excited the fact that uh, he's going to be our quarterback. With, uh, with that being said, Joe Flacco. Uh-oh, that didn't work out. But when it comes to quarterbacks, Elway says it's cheaper by the dozen. Now that Flacco's old news, it's time for the latest member of their growing family to put on his big boy pants and face off against the Chiefs this Sunday in Kansas City. Starring Brandon Allen, Case Keenum, Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler, Trevor Simeon, Brett Ripien, Joe Flacco, and now Drew Locke. Is it really strength in numbers or is it still quality over quantity? Find out this Sunday, Chiefs, Broncos, you're not ready. This game, like we just said just right before that trailer, it has trap game written all over it. This Chiefs-Broncos matchup. Yeah, I mean, 
They're been, they've been playing better than, well, much better than they started. Than they start well. They were we were, we talked about it earlier. They had a, a lot of those games where they could have just went either way, and now they're starting to do something the Chiefs haven't been able to do, and that's close those games out. Yeah, and win them, and win them, and just look good doing it. And every year there is that team that kind of just looks terrible at the beginning and then they find a groove and obviously they're not going to make the playoffs or anything, but if they can just string together a couple wins here at the end of the year and going into next year, that'll be big for them. And they're starting to play. I mean, when you beat a team like the Texans, like they beat them, that's that deserves attention. Yeah. Uh, if they would have went out and beat the Texans 21 to 17 or something like that, I wouldn't be as concerned about this game, but they looked borderline dominant for, for a big stretch of that. Well, they have an offense. You know, we we always knew the strength of this team, at least for the past five, six years, has been defense. Yes. And, well, you know, a good defense is nice, but the Patriots are now seeing you can't win with a good defense. You know, you can go only go so far with a good defense. Yes. You well, have now to, all of a sudden they have a decent offense. You have to have production from an offense. Like, you don't have to be elite. You just have to be able to capitalize when your defense gives you chances. Yeah. And, uh, and Drew Locke's been able to do that so far. That's what I'm worried about because when we played them the first game, we kind of just said, all right, it's Joe Flacco, statue in the pocket. We're going to blitz the hell out of him. We're going to hit him, and we're going to ba- say basically beat us in one-on-one coverage and, and make the right reads and quick throws. The thing that scares me about Drew Locke is, he's one, he's, a, he's mobile. In college, his narrative was, oh, he's sneaky mobile, and that's probably going to continue in the NFL because he can move around a little bit. And two, he has a cannon for an arm. So if we send those seven guys like we did, I don't know, I'm not saying we're going to have the same game plan back-to-back, but if we do do some of that zero-blitz stuff that we did against the Patriots, against the Broncos the first time, send seven, eight, eight rushers, and he just makes one little escape move, and then you got Cortland Sutton downfield, he's got the arm to get it there, and that could that could be some trouble for this team. Yeah, and I think we're in a better position than the Texans were because now we have a good game of film to really study it. Yes. Um, That, you know, in their perspective, they're probably thinking this is probably going to be a relatively easy game, you know, and they come out and get whacked. Whacked hard. And so now, you know, if anything for us, we're like – we need to be ready for this game. That Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, the fact that they beat the Texans so bad, Andy Reid can point to that this week and be like, hey, don't take this team lightly. You know, the Texans beat you, and this is what the Broncos did to them. Yeah. Prepare, prepare, prepare. And, I mean, that's a great point. Another narrative to add to this is, I mean, Drew Locke's a Missouri kid. Yeah. Grew up, born and raised. And he even said, I've been there a thousand times. He's like, the only difference is I'll be in different colors. Yeah, and like, you know, growing up, that was a dream for him to run out of that tunnel. Obviously, he would have liked to have done it in red, but he was a few years too late. We already found our, our gunslingers. So. Yeah. so now he's going to be running out in Broncos colors. But in, in sports, man, narratives and, and stuff like that, they do matter. Those revenge games matter. Those coming home games. I mean, sometimes people just play with a little extra juice when they know – Everyone, every single Locke family member is going to be in that crowd because oh, he's, yeah. he's a local guy. Oh, yeah. So when you know those guys are there, there's just a part of you that, that just wills yourself to unlock all that potential and play better. But I think there's another side of this Drew Locke start that we need to look at. This is only his third yes. start. So there is a possibility we do send seven guys and he doesn't make the right reads and he throws four picks that that's and true we too. steamroll them. 
Yeah, and and another narrative. I mean, the narrative flip. He wants to play well in front of the home crowd. We saw it last year with Patrick Mahomes in big time games. Everyone just saw him kind of have the jitters a little bit almost. Yeah. And I'm wondering if Locke might come out and want to do too much in front of, you know, his home crowd because he can he can light it up with his arm, but whenever he's trying to make he did this at Missouri. Sometimes he tried to make too good of a play and sometimes he trusted his arm too much that a window that just wasn't there he tried to fit it in and that'll be a good opportunity for the defense to get takeovers yeah and you know as good as a Broncos offense has been playing our defense has been creating turnovers I mean we had four against the Chargers uh, two or three against the, the Raiders. Raiders yeah including like the the field goal block and then the the picks yeah and now we had a nice pick last week too. So so yeah, it'll be it'll be a good matchup. Um, I'm hoping we come out and just roll. I, we always hope that, but yeah, this is this is one of those games where it reminds me a little bit of last year. I don't know if you remember the schedule last year a lot, but we had relatively close games against the Cardinals and the Browns, and they were they were like eight point games and they close the whole way, and no one remembers them on the schedule because they didn't matter. The matchups weren't that great. And we, we got the win. Just got the win and moved on. Yeah. And that's kind of what this game is, is going to seem like to me. Is It's probably going to be a little closer than people expect, just based off record and how the Chiefs have been rolling. But in the end, I do see us getting it done. Our offense is still just way too good, even if everyone thinks we're off. It's way too good for Drew Locke to come into Arrowhead and beat, I believe, especially with the way our defense has been playing. Yeah rookie quarterback turnover potential like we talked and it's just I don't know it's a weird game to get the gauge of because there's just so much that can happen you don't want to write a team off that just put 38 up on the Texans yeah at the same time like we talked about earlier concern level this is not there Mm -hmm. so yeah it's definitely I definitely think the Chiefs win this game I think we need to get back to trying to get a run game going I mean our run game has been anemic Recently, I was going to I was going to make the same point that we're so successful passing the ball. We kind of get into the lull of only passing. And statistically, it's not a bad idea because of how good we pass the ball. You just there's just some old head knowledge in your head that you just pound in. We need to run the ball. We need to run the ball. And there are certain situations we need to get better at running the ball in. So we'll see. Well, Uh, we need to be able to at least lean on the run game a little bit. Yes. Even if it's. If it's a third and two, we got to be able to get that yeah, with, we, with the run game. We have to be able to either get it or make another team believe we can get it. Yeah. Because it's going to be hard to stop the Chiefs from getting two yards. But if you know we're passing, because we don't run it a lot on, on those short situations. And when we do, Andy Reid gets yelled at for it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's right. usually out of, the sh- out of the spread and it doesn't work. But we need to be able to grind out those plays. And that brings us to, you know, maybe – we saw a little bit last week. Uh, we talked about it. Darwin Thompson, the D train getting in there, being able to grind those things out. He might have uh, a bigger role in this game. Last week, the Chiefs didn't give you know make an effort to get him the ball a little bit in the passing game. He had that one good screen where he had like two hands on the ball, kind of pinballed around. Yeah. And this seems like it's a great week to try to get him going even more because against the Patriots, you want to have the guys in there that you trust and that you know in big moments can make plays. At home against the Broncos, it might be a little more Darwin time just to get him that experience going into the playoffs and the bigger games. Yeah, and I think he adds that dynamic level to our run game 
that we need. You know, like Shady McCoy, he's a dynamic player, but, you know, like, I think just adding that, you know, what we saw from him in that Raiders game. Yes. I don't think Shady McCoy can do that, you know, in that situation. I don't think he can hard nose. I'm just going to grind this clock, get these first downs. And it's it's kind of like just a spark plug almost. It's a little bit like uh, Lou Will for the Clippers, the bench player, but he can come in and just ignite a little bit. I want Darwin to be used in that capacity, especially like you said, grinding out a game. We all get mad at Andy Reid. Everyone thinks he gets too conservative at the end of games. If we have a guy who can make those plays, though, it'll be perfect for the way Andy Reid calls games. If Andy Reid wants to get conservative with a 14-point lead, it only benefits the team if we have a bruiser that can just grind out first downs and just get that run game started a little bit and, and help us close these out. Yeah, I agree. I, I And I think that's going to be it, – it's going to be important this game. It's going to be more important come Later. January, the, come February, hopefully. Hopefully. I, and like I said, I don't want to look past the Broncos and say, oh, this is just – an extended practice, we can try new things and go and expect to win. But it is one of the last on the schedule that you kind of have the chance to do that. We play next week, uh, or the week after, rather, bearing any flex opportunities, which it could, the Chicago Bears in primetime. And then we have the Chargers at home, which, depending on seeding, could be a sit-starter week. If we don't get the bye, Andy Reid's just going to treat week 17 as the bye. And so this might be our last opportunity to just tune some things up with guys that don't get a lot of playing time, like a Darwin Thompson, and, and maybe just see what they have or get them a little more comfortable within yeah, the team. and so, if we can use them, and in what capacity come playoff situations. Yeah, like get him in there. If he fumbles three times and, and averages 2.1 yards a carry, Andy can go, all right, you know, I tried, it didn't work. Mm -hmm. And obviously you don't give up on a guy after one bad game, but in his rookie year, six-round pick, you can kind of just say he's not ready. Yeah. Looking at the Broncos, uh, past Drew Locke, they got some weapons. I mean, Cortland Sutton has turned Which into – Which we've been talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah we love Cortland. We love Cortland. The Broncos, man, I don't want to – I don't hate them as much as I should. Because, I don't either. Because they're, they're bad enough to where I don't feel threatened, but I yeah. really like Cortland Sutton's I'm like, game. I, it's like the same thing in my mind. I'm like, you know, they're cute. They're cute. They're cute. Yeah, they're cute. cute. little <laughs> team. They got some cute little players. Yeah, and, and that sounds so disrespectful, but I really admire Cortland Sutton's game. Um, I admire Noah Fant has come along with Drew Locke back there now, getting him the ball. He's made some really good, like, Gronk-esque style runs where he's shedding people. They still have Royce Freeman and Phillip Lindsay. That's a pretty good, you know, backfield duo to lean yeah. on. The biggest problem is obviously the offensive line for the Broncos, and that could be a bigger problem against the Chiefs if they can't get anyone blocked. But they do have the skill players, and they have, you know, on defense, Von Miller. That's a big name. I don't want him hitting Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That's going to be huge just to make sure that, you know, he stays clean. And so they have some players that can make this game interesting, but I think we both kind of agree that the Chiefs should handle business, especially at home. It's just I think it's going to be one of those games we kind of forget about. I hope. Next year. I mean, because last year we're talking about – the Patriots game, both of them. The, the Rams, the Rams game. game. Uh, what was that other? It was uh, the the Seahawks game that we lost. It was prime yeah. time, but it was a great game. Now this is just one of those that's probably going to fall along the wayside. Just yeah. standard AFC West fair. Um, I have the Chiefs winning, but I do think it's going to be close. Uh, I twenty eight, probably twenty, something like that. Just forgettable. 
Hopefully the offense explodes at the beginning. They look sharp, and then they just kind of grind it out, get out of airhead with the win, try to keep everyone injury-free. I'm going to go a little higher on the scoreboard because I think the offense is going to – I well, this is hopeful thinking, but hopeful thinking is going to turn into my prediction. Um, I think they're going to kind of correct some of these wrongs and kind of put some of these haters in okay. their place a little bit. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to come out a little like he's been getting dogged a little he bit. He has you know, a like, little bit. That our is dog true. has been getting dogged. And so um, I think I'm going to have the Chiefs. I had 31 21 this last week, which I was close. Yeah, yeah. I was knocking on the door. Yeah. If they just would have got one more touchdown. Um, I like 35 for the Chiefs. Okay. I, I like that. Um, I do think. I do think the Broncos might score some points. Mm-hmm. I like thirty-five. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to say twenty-eight. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say thirty-five, twenty-four. Thirty-five. That's a good little score. A little because you know, ten points, one by ten. <laughs> you do. Which have I lost. Little, well, I think. Well, we're gonna go out. We'll just do an average at the end of the year. Two scores, so it could have been two field goals. Yeah, there you go. Two scores. Yeah, we won <laughs> by seven. Um. And if the Chiefs win by five this week, that's still two scores. It's still two scores. There Field you go. goal and a safety. If, for those of you who are confused, we had a bowl prediction segment a couple weeks ago, and Brett predicted the Chiefs were going to win the rest by of two the scores. game by two scores. Now he's stretching it a little bit because the Patriots Still two did. scores. But, hey, two field goals is two scores. Two safeties if we win by four. Yeah. Two scores. There you go. Uh, if we win by three, that's three extra point returns. Two scores. <laughs> They're worth two. Oh, yeah, that's right. I thought that, yeah. yeah. you can't score one. There dang. Is, dang, can't do it that way. Well, two scores. We're going to keep that well, rolling. Uh, we're still rolling. Two for two. An interesting, one and a half. An interesting point to make is that before Mahomes went down in that Denver game, he was shredding them. Yeah. He was 10 for 11 for almost 100 yards and a touchdown already, and he went down early. So maybe the offense does get fire, you know, a little fire under him this week because when he last time we saw him doing this, Mahomes was shredding this defense. That could carry yeah. over. Kelsey bounce back game. Mahomes revenge game. And he had game. a good game. And a Mahomes revenge game. Mahomes revenge Ooh. game. He's mad. They broke his knee, like dude. They a lot of narratives coming yeah, in here. Yeah, they broke his knee, and he he doesn't. He's not happy about that. You know, it's obviously not their fault. It was us. They didn't hit him or anything. But the Kelsey part is is interesting because he's only like twenty yards away from becoming the first tight end, thousand yards in four straight seasons. Mm-hmm. So. He might do that on like a first catch type thing. Yeah, it'll be nice to see him get in there and do that. Yeah, nice little he milestone. Did, it it felt like he didn't have a great game this last game. He had a great game. He did, but that fumble, you know, it hurt. The fumble hurt. You also don't kind of remember the rushing touchdown because it was an option. Yeah, Usually yeah. you're thinking about the catch, but he did still have a touchdown. And then he had like a 30 yard catch called back on that Mitch Schwartz holding. Yeah, which was terrible. It was a horrible call. We didn't talk about the. The refs a lot in our in our Patriots Chiefs segment because I like oh, kind of no, I kind of like staying away from from the officiating but just a little cleanup here at the end the officiating the Nikhil Harry touchdown was a bad call terrible call he scored yep the blowing the fumble dead was a bad call yep but those two plays happened subsequent each other yep the the fumble and then ended in the Nikhil Harry drive so the Pats at most was only cost four points yep. On that play, Tyron Matthew got smoked in the back by Julian Edelman on that Nikhil Harry touchdown. Yep. Go watch the film; it's bad. It's a, it's a. I mean, he throws his arms up. Yeah, it, yeah. Like, like oh, what? I, what was that? I didn't do it. Like, no, no. Tyron Matthews, like, 
Are you kidding me? Oh, like, yeah. He just got smoked. And, and, and Jersey tug, and it was yeah. bad. Like, Matthew probably makes that play. And the Chiefs were called for 10 penalties for 140 yards. The Pats were 5 for 25. 25 yeah. yards in penalties. So, you can reference those calls right there. But there was well, some. And I actually, just to kind of wrap this up, um, I watched this segment with Greg Jennings today on Undisputed. Yeah. They brought Greg Jennings, former wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers, and he made a reference to the fail Mary, and, you know, that's a terrible call. Yes. And that ended the game, you know, and, and that cost them a game. Yes. He he kind of made the point, it you know, they had their opportunity. It was a bad call, but you had clock. You had time. You had first and goal from the three. Yes. You had, you know, like – Get over it. Move yeah. on. You know, it isn't like the last play of the game. You know, if that's the last play of the game, yeah, that's a that costs you a game. It does cost literally you a game. cost you a game. This one, eh, cost you a score. And another thing, but, Bill Belichick needs some fault here because the challenges he used that Sammy Watkins challenge. Sammy got the first. Like a lot, it didn't look like if you watch the replay, some people are like, oh well, it's close. The yellow line was kind of off on that play. You know how the yellow line's unofficial. Yeah. Where he needed to go, the ball was there. So Belichick challenged that and OPI on the same play. He should have known that's not getting overturned. Yeah. The OPI is it's not going to get overturned with how light it was. Challenges are built in there to prevent these situations, and Belichick used two of them. And the fumble one was a good challenge, the recovery, yeah. uh, the, the Kelsey non-call. And another thing, I don't think Gilmore scores there. Well, you Tyree, had Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Run, and he's really fast. I know he had a lead blocker, but I, I don't know. I'm not convinced he just automatically scores there. So, one time in the world, the calls go against the Patriots. Boo-hoo. You got the tuck rule. You got the same thing against the Jags a couple years ago in the AFC Championship game where they blew a fumble dead the Jags mm-hmm. were scored on. There's just a litany list, a laundry list of, of calls the Patriots have had go their way to win Super Bowl. So, get over it a little bit. Yeah. Sorry it didn't work out for you this time. But uh, I think that's all we got for you this week. Uh, next week we'll be just talking about Chiefs, Broncos, uh, what we saw from the game, what we liked, what we didn't like. We'll have a Chiefs-Bears preview for you. Uh, you can find us anywhere where you get podcasts, Apple, Google. We're on Spreaker, uh, Casey Kingdom. Every week we'll have a, a subsequent article to go with the podcast. Check that out. But uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we'll see you next week.